Hey everyone, welcome to episode 49 of Something Worth Thinking About. In today's episode, we want to think about what it must have been like for the apostles when Jesus was taken up to return to the Father in glory before their very eyes. This event is now known as the Ascension, and it took place a little over a week before Pentecost, the day when Jesus poured out the promised Holy Spirit on all of his disciples, and the gospel of Jesus was announced publicly through the preaching of the apostles. And about 3,000 people were added to the number of disciples as the church began to grow in number. We will talk about the events of Pentecost on Friday's podcast. Today, we want to talk about Christ's ascension. Thursday of this past week was the anniversary of this event that happened nearly 2,000 years ago. What does Christ return to the heavenly realm to take his seat at the right hand of the Father in glory mean for us today? This is what we want to talk about and think about in today's episode. Our text today is Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Let's hear the word of God and reflect upon what Luke said happened again nearly 2,000 years ago this very past week. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The word of God. Now, it is an unfortunate reality of the English language that most of us know Resurrection Sunday, the day that Jesus was raised back to life, as Easter Sunday. It crept into our language uh, so strongly that you can even find Easter making an appearance in the King James Version of the Bible in Acts chapter 12, verse 4. 
But in most languages around the world, the original Christian word for this day, the day that Christ was raised back to life, remains Pascha. Pascha is the Greek word in Acts 12, verse 4, that the King James Version unfortunately rendered as Easter. And this word in one form or another is the word by which most Christians around the world, around the world today uh, refer to the day when Christ was raised back to life. The Greek word, Pascha, which is translated for us as Passover. And as we've been talking about for several episodes now, the gospel of Jesus was summarized by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 as consisting of three things. Christ died for our sins, was buried, and was raised back to life on the third day. All of this according to Scripture. Now, since all of these things happened at the Passover, the early church did not resort to inventing a new word. They simply embraced the term Pascha or Passover and gave it a new and deeper meaning, much in the same way that Jesus gave the bread and cup of the Passover meal a new and deeper meaning when he said, this is my body given for you, and this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Now, the Passover uh, the Christian Passover was about the sacrifice of the Lamb of God at Calvary and the bodily resurrection of Jesus on the third day. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, the Apostle Paul explicitly refers to Jesus as our Pascha or as our Passover or our Passover Lamb, which is implied in this language. On our calendars this year, Pascha, or Passover Sunday, was observed on April 4, Sunday, April 4. According to scriptures we just read in Acts chapter 1, Jesus appeared to the disciples for a period of 40 days. So you simply count off 40 days from Passover Sunday, and you arrive at the day that has long known, has long been known around the world among Christians as Ascension Day the day that Jesus ascended to heaven to return to the Father. This year, that would have been this past Thursday. Now, in every generation, as we think about what this means to us, hopefully it helps us to remember what we believe. We believe that Jesus died, was buried, and was raised back to life on the third day according to scriptures, and that he returned to the Father in glory and is now preparing a place for us, preparing a kingdom for us until he returns again to make everything new. In every generation, as we think about this, there have been important moral, social, and ethical matters that Christians have had to wrestle with, that the church has had to wrestle with. And the same is true today and will be true again tomorrow. But it is, I submit to you, a mistake for us to reduce the Christian faith to questions of ethics and morality, as if to say that what Christians believe about the latest controversial matter in our world is what defines our faith. Too many of us are making, I believe, this very mistake. And as a result, our decisions about whether or not we identify ourselves with the Christian faith, with the church, is based solely on what we perceive as the prevailing ethical and moral teachings of the church. 
Sometimes we even expand this to include social issues and political convictions. Now, down through the ages, the church has made adjustments to its teachings about social issues, ethics, and morality. Why? Because we have, at times, lost our way and made some mistakes. We probably will again. That's just the honest reality. Now, God is at work in all of this to help us to learn his will more perfectly, to guide us, and when necessary, to turn us back into his ways, the righteous ways, the narrow path that leads to life. But as we talk about any sort of ethical, social, political, or moral question today or tomorrow, and at times find ourselves disagreeing with one another, we must never lose sight of what we all believe. Jesus is Lord and he is risen. The Christian faith is centered on Christ and the story of his miraculous conception by the power of the Holy Spirit who overshadowed Mary so that this virgin conceived and gave birth to the Son of God. The story is about his birth in Bethlehem, his life, his sacrificial death at Golgotha, his resurrection on the third day, and his ascension and return to the invisible heavenly realm and all of the hope for his future return in glory. This is what we believe. This is what we proclaim. This is what we live and die for. And this is undoubtedly what the apostles suffered and died for in their lifetime. All of our conversations about ethics and morality, about how we are to live our lives, are rooted in this story, in the gospel story, the story of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and return to the Father in glory. And our deep-seated conviction that Jesus is indeed the risen Lord, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Our faith defines who we are. Our faith informs our ethics. It is not the other way around. The cross of Christ reveals to us the kind of love to which our God calls us to love one another and to love all of humanity. It is because we believe Jesus was raised back to life on the third day that we are convinced that he is Lord and that we should listen to him and obey all his teachings. Our hope for the return of Christ in glory reminds us that we will all give an account of ourselves at the judgment seat of Christ. As the angels announced to the apostles in Jerusalem long ago, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So take some time today and this week, the season in which Christ has now returned to the Father in glory and the apostles and the disciples are now waiting for the promise of the Spirit to be poured out on Pentecost. Take some time to think and reflect on what Christ's return to the Father in glory means 
to you, what it means to everyone who believes and what it means for all the world. Jesus, our Savior, now reigns at the right hand of God. And one glorious day, Jesus will return in the same way that the apostles saw him go. This is what we believe, and this is what we live for.